Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the Emerging Roots podcast. I'm your host, McKenna Carey, and on this episode, I am having my best friend, Jordan Benton, on to talk about accountability. This episode is so fun and full of scripture, laughter, and stories that you don't want to miss. So grab your tea, your coffee, your chai tea latte, whatever it is, and let's get into the word. Emerging Roots. Hi. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure. I am Jordan. Um, I am 23 years old and I'm from Charleston, South Carolina and I go to Seacoast Church. I'm a dance teacher and a professional dancer and I'm super excited to be here today to talk about accountability. And this girl is like crazy gifted with dancing y'all. Like she's not going to tell you because she's crazy humble but she is like 10 out of 10. So if you get a chance to go to a show that she has or like watch her on Instagram, like do it because homegirl's really talented. (laughs) And fun fact, we're also best friends and accountability partners. So when we talk about accountability today, it's coming from people who actually do it together in in everyday life, which is also super cool. So Jordan, what do you think accountability means to you? Why is it important? The whole shebang. So for me, accountability is super important because I used to not even have that many friends. I didn't really have any girlfriends or anything like that. I think that probably you're one of the first girlfriends that I did have, and I, which is awesome. That's such an honor. <laughs> I love it, though. And I realized that in talking, like, and I found you when I was in a relationship, and it wasn't until that relationship ended that I realized that if you don't have that woman community or those girls around you to be like, listen, like, this is what I'm going through, and is this, like, normal, or is this not normal? It's a self-awareness thing, and if you're not able to be self-aware, you're not going to ever be able to fully develop or mature, right. and I feel like that accountability was that for me, is, like, I finally realized that, like, oh, I can send a voice memo really quick, because that's what we do. <laughs> that's all we, we do. <laughs> we'll send, like, 10-minute voice memos back and forth, and it's a great time. <laughs> but it is so perfect, because, like, I'll, like, at the end of the night, I'll, like, hear your voice, and I'll be like, oh, refreshing like and you can hear that people are going through the same things as you and you're not alone right and that's what something like feeling alone can be something and it's manageable and you can be content in feeling alone but you don't want to be comfortable in feeling alone Mm. so that you're not like a good thought yeah you're not just allowing yourself to just let things simmer Mm -hmm. and go through things alone like you need someone to be like hey like that wasn't okay but I'm not going to judge you for it and I feel like that's what we have is like you know, I've told things to people before, but they're kind of, like, judgmental, and we're not called to be judgmental to people. We'll talk about that a little later. Right. But we're called to be, like, there for each other and mm-hmm. to bring each other closer to the kingdom of God, and I feel like that's something special that we have. Yes, and that's something, you hit on it at the very end, but I love that we're like-minded in our faith because we know that when we challenge one another or bring something up and be like, yo, like you said, like, this wasn't it. Like, that wasn't the right choice. Like, we know we're doing it out of love. And out of a place where we both know the truth of God and the truth of his word. So we can hold each other accountable to that. So, yeah. And I feel like, too, it says in Titus 2, I feel like it says this perfectly. Not just for young women, but for young men as well. Starting in Titus 2 verse 1, it says, 
but you, you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible, and sound in faith, love, and endurance. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure workers at home, kind and in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. And of course, like this talks a lot about husband and wives and wives submitting. And of course, like we've talked about that and we know we're like-minded in that. But even aside from this, just the thought of like, holding each other accountable, like the older women to the younger women, the younger women to the younger women, older to older, like even just that thought is so plainly displayed here. Yes. And there is this sermon that was, um, I went to this chosen event this year at Seacoast Church and um, she's had a, a sword and she's passing it down. Mm-hmm. And if we think about like the wisdom that God gives us, we don't want to hold that wisdom in for ourselves because yeah. then we're just being selfish we want to be able to let that wisdom out, whether that's to another sister in Christ. And we're called to have, like, okay, so we have mothers in Christ, we have sisters in Christ, and we have daughters in Christ. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like a circle that you're able to, like, yeah. be firm in and, like, have that good foundation, not only in Christ, but also in your community. And community is very important. Yeah, because what you said is basically, like, the definition of discipleship, accountability, whichever you want to use. Like, there's somebody ahead of you, there's somebody behind you, and then there's you stuck in the middle, like, having both. And it's for so long, I feel like so many people just go throughout their days not thinking about, like, how they affect people by what they do and what they say. Right. And if you don't have someone there to be like, listen, like, you can be doing better, and you should be doing better, then you're never going to be able to, like, know exactly, like, your full potential or your full, like, where you could be going. Right, because we mess with ourselves so much in our minds, like, or the devil will put a thought in our minds, and then we just, it's a domino effect. So if we don't have somebody to call that out, then you're right, like, we can't grow, or it's really hard to, right, in that sense. And it's so easy when you're alone to allow the devil's thoughts to be the only thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Even, like, we were talking about desires, um, and the desires in your heart, and God can be a deep desire in your heart, but that doesn't mean he's a thought. Yeah. And you brought, like, the thought versus the desire up, and I thought that was, like, really strong with, like, someone to be, like, yeah, well, your desires are on God, so you need to remember that rather than, yeah. like, what your thoughts are right now. Well, it's like what Paul says, too. I think it's in Romans where it's like, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. It's like, I have this desire for God, but my flesh is like, no, no, no. And so yes. it's it's a constant battle, and it's in the spiritual realm. Like, sure, it, like, plays out in the physical realm, but I feel like that's side effects of it being in the spiritual realm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Because it's spiritual warfare, it's a battle. Right. And if you don't have people to fight that battle with you, then Mm -hmm. you're just going in alone. And it's like, it's also like, you know, you have people, but you have the fruits of the spirits. And you're not, if you're not using them together, then you're not using the gifts that God gave you. Right. Because if you don't have somebody, it's like, what's the phrase, like watching your six or whatever, like somebody (laughs) watching behind you, like then somebody's going to come up and, like, stab you in the back. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, obviously, that's not in the sense of drama. Like, we were meaning literally in the sense of war, whatever. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, I know you had mentioned, too, something um, in Ezekiel that you yes. had wanted to bring up as well. So whenever we look at, like, the vines, like, we are God's vines, especially as, like, a people. 
and followers of Christ if we look back in Ezekiel it's talking about Israel and of course Israel sinned again and again and again Mm -hmm. um yet God still loved them he did not forsake them but this is just like a parable of the useless vine and it's warning and bringing warning to like okay well if you allow yourself to not bear the fruits of me then you are going to be a useless vine that you can just be thrown into the fire and I feel like as a whole like Christians, we can make sure that we're all bearing the fruit and we're holding each other accountable to bear that fruit Mm -hmm. so that we're not just useless. And that's what we can be is because anything that comes out of our mouth that's not of God and and is not a fruit, then that can in turn draw someone further away from Christ. And like we are a useless branch at that point. Like we could just be thrown into the fire. And um, I like this verse. It's verse... Well, it's Ezekiel 15, verse 5, and it says, Even when it was whole, it cannot be made into a useless object. So, when we're whole, not only whole in Christ, but we're whole in our community, we are not useless because we're in union and we're together. Right. But when we're not in union and we're not whole and we're not reading our Bible every day and we're not looking to God for answers and then we're not looking for accountability partners, then you're not whole and you're not going to be advancing to the kingdom of God. You're just not. Right. You're going to become useless. And even though you don't see that right then in that moment, it's day after day Mm -hmm. after day. And like one habit, it takes 21 days to create a habit. Right. It also takes like... (laughs) But it takes one day to break that habit. Right. So if you... It's crazy. It's it's insane, and it's so annoying, especially if you're trying to create good habits. <laughs> right. And you slip up one day. But it's just, like, takes one day to, like, force you off of that foundation of Christ and that wholeness of community that mm-hmm. then you're, again, in, like, wandering the wilderness alone. Mm-hmm. Not seeking for God, even though he's right beside you. Right. And not seeking for community, even though they're right beside you. And it's just... It's so hard for us humans to be vulnerable, but we have to. We have to be. You're so right. And when you're talking about, like, the unity and the wholeness, it reminds me, like, a reflection in the New Testament with the body of Christ, and it talks Mm -hmm. about, like, being the hand and the foot. Like, you don't just see, like, a hand lying around. No. Because it's useless. Like, you see it attached to the rest of the body performing its function, and that arm is, if you think, it's, like, a silly analogy, like, the arm is holding the hand accountable, and the hand's holding the arm accountable to do what it's supposed to do. Exactly. Because the nerves have to travel through the arm to get to the hand. Like, I mean, I know that's kind of a silly thought, but, like, it's a perfect one. And, like, if we're not able to, like, have all of those things together, it's just, like, if you look at yourself every day and you're, like, okay, like, let me write down a list of, like, how I can be better today and then, like, talk to a person Mm -hmm. about that. Like, I feel like something that we do that's great is, like, even being, like, in the moment, like, sending that voice memo that's, like, okay, this is where I just messed up. Yeah. And I just need to confess it. And that's, like, something that we're going to talk about is, like, confession because Mm -hmm. accountability and confession go hand in hand. Yeah. And you have to confess with your mouth, like, all your sins. Like, it is, like, a sin not to confess. And I think that we just forget that so much and we just, like, get so stuck in our ways that we are not humble enough to be like, okay. Oh, man, that pride gets in our way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every single day the pride gets in my way. Oh, what a mood. <laughs> but like you said, there's, um, like you were talking about confession. So in James five sixteen, I feel like we talked about this too. Like this is, I feel like a perfect definition for accountability. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. 
And we kind of talked about there being three parts to that. The first, like you said, is confession. You have to have that. Mm -hmm. Um, Praying for one another. And then it's also between two believers. And then just to back that point up, because it doesn't, um, it might not feel as clear. It's in 1 John 1, 7. Let me flip to it really fast. It says, um, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if we're walking with Christ, then therefore we have fellowship with other believers and we have to have fellowship with other believers, like you said, and like we had both mentioned in Ezekiel and in the New Testament, um, we have to have that. And when we're walking with one another is whenever we're like holding each other accountable yeah. and then we'll realize our sin because of holding each other accountable. Um, and then Christ washes us clean. And there's freedom in confession, which is so good. Is like you, you know, the peace that you feel whenever you're singing a good worship song, whenever mm-hmm. I think God comes on the radio, like that peace and that joy <laughs> that you feel in your heart, you can get that from confession as long as you're like realizing and you're actually wanting to change. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a difference between being accountable but actually wanting to change. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you could you could be like, okay, I don't want to drink alcohol ever again and say that and be like, right. help me be accountable for this. But if you don't have like the strength and the mm-hmm. will of the Lord to do that, then it's not going to be able to happen for you. Right. And it's just going to be like another thought that just like, oh yeah, or another desire that you're like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And I have someone holding me accountable, but that accountability buddy, like I have been accountability buddies for some people and I'm like, okay, well like, did you do this tonight? Mm-hmm. Did you do this tonight? And they're like, oh yeah, I did. So there's sometimes an accountability where you have to realize that there comes a point in time where yes. you have to take up your cross and you have to turn around mm-hmm. and then follow Jesus again and be like, okay, I really have to force myself not to do this. Yeah. And that's when change begins to happen in like confession and in lamentations. I remember um, repentance mm-hmm. and like that confession goes hand in hand with repentance. And then you can be like, okay, Jesus transform me. Right. But if you don't do those two things first and have people to do those around you and pray over you, then that freedom doesn't come. But like God, Jesus will set you free. You just have to take the steps in order to do it. Right. Like you have to lay it down at his feet because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But like you said, you, it's like the, um, what's the scripture where it talks about, it's like a dog going back to his dander. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you, you lay it down, but then you go back and like eat it. Like that's, that's basically what you're doing whenever right. you lay your sins at the cross and you're like, I'm going to give this up, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give this lustful desire to you, like drinking to you, whatever it is. And then you go around the next day and pick it up. That's like a dog going back to his dander. Like, that's crazy. But then there's also the thought, like you said, when you have been um, an accountability partner or buddy with whomever, like, where you tell them and you're like, no, like, this is what the Lord desires for you. And you point them to scripture and you point them back to the Lord. But then they still don't turn away. In Acts Acts 18, Paul kind of dealt with this. And it says, um, it's 18 verse 5. When Silas and Timothy arrived in Macedonia, Paul devoted himself to preaching the word and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. When they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his clothes and told them, your blood is on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he's like, yo, I told you. I'm stepping away. But then there's still, there's, beauty in this because then in verse nine it goes back and the Lord said to Paul and it was in a um in a dream it said 
Don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent for I am with you and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you because I have many people in this city. He stayed there a year and a half teaching the word of God among them. So Paul was Come like, on, Jesus, right? the word so good. Right? So Paul was sitting here like, I'm done. I am over it. I told them I left. And technically, yes, the blood is on their hands because they heard the truth. Like if you hear the truth, the truth will set you free. Um, if you confess and believe with your mouth and you will be saved. But he was like, yo, like, I don't know what to do anymore. But the Lord said, be persistent. And I feel like that's huge with accountability is you have to endure and stay persistent with one another. Because I'm sure that there's times that both of us have had the thought where it's like, Jordan is just not paying attention. McKenna is being so stupid right now. Like, but we had to endure it. Right. Because that's what accountability is. And clearly that's what Paul did as well. He stayed a whole year and a half when he was like done throwing up his hands, you know? Exactly. And it's the support. It's the, because you never, you know, I think it goes back to, like, I had such a hard time, like, finding that accountability friend and, like, wanting it because there's been so many times in my life where, like, you have friends mm-hmm. that are not persistent right. and they, they don't stay there and they say they're not going to leave and then you get into the whole <laughs> abandonment thing and then you're right. like, okay, I don't want to do this again. So I don't want to open up my heart because <laughs> this is just, like, another traumatic experience. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to be vulnerable and then this person's going to leave or this person's right. going to have to move or something like that. But I feel like, you know... And the Bible does call us that, you know, this accountability is between two Christians. And I almost feel like a friendship between two Christians is almost stronger because it has God in the middle. Absolutely. Two Christians that are equally yoked. I feel like that's important too, because you can be a Christian and be still yoked to slavery, not yoked to Christ, which is like a whole different ball ground that we can get into. Right, it's a whole different realm. But I mean, it's the same way. It kind of reflects how it's called in a romantic relationship to be equally yoked. And you can be friends with other Christians, like you said, that aren't necessarily the same, at the same walk or same speed or whatever you are. But I feel like it's different when you hold them accountable. Like if you're holding someone accountable, you almost need to be on the same level or really similar in order to push them and grow them. Because then at that point, you're just dragging somebody up and they're like feeding off of you and you're not getting anything from them. That's more like a discipleship kind of thing than accountability. And you want to be able to like be filled up because that's why we come to community is to be filled up. You know, in life, we have to work, we have to do this, we have to do this. And Mm -hmm. there's no, it can be draining and that's where things get, where you get into trouble because Mm -hmm. when you are drained it's like an injury you know you get more you get we're both athletes so like you're gonna get (laughs) injured when you're fatigued and when you're tired and Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when the devil gets us the most is when we're fatigued and when we're tired and when we're drained out and when we're burnt out Mm -hmm. and then he's like comes in he's like "Mm, I'm gonna use that and if you don't have that person that's able to lift you up and fill your cup back up right that's not like and I I used to think that that was just my boyfriend mm-hmm. and it has to be someone else because if you're putting all of that weight on your romantic partner, it's going to be way too much for them to Right. Bear. And there, that's the thing is like, it's not like you're, it's just me and you. And then, you know, Miller and I are engaged and I don't tell him anything. Right. But like, he doesn't bear the weight of being my fiance, my accountability partner, my best friend, all of the things like, sure. He's my best friend and fiance, but like, he's not necessarily my accountability partner. Like, I don't go to him with all of my struggles. Like, do I tell him? Sure. I tell him everything. But, like, in in terms of, like, having deep discussions about it, like, that's where I feel like our friendship and relationship and accountability comes into play. Like you said, it can't be all wrapped up in one. Exactly. It has to be 
dispersed. <laughs> and you said something the other day too, um, which I thought was just awesome. You said Jesus died alone so that we could be together in union. And yes. that kind of like blew me away a little bit. <laughs> like it was so true because sure, Jesus died between, like there was three men, he died between two thieves, but, or two criminals, but he died alone by himself without the Lord. Like the Lord abandoned him. Like, he did. my God, my God, why have you forsaken exactly. me? Exactly. Hey friends, it's editing McKenna stopping in here for one moment just to clarify what we are saying here. So in scripture, um, it says on the cross that Jesus cried out, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that's what we are talking about here in this moment. We are talking about how he feels so incredibly abandoned. He feels how we do as human sinners, feeling apart from God um, when we have sinned and have not yet accepted him. It is not the fact that Jesus was separated from God. He was not. He was still God. He was still triune, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all in one in this moment. But rather, it was a feeling of abandonment because he was taking on the sins of the entire world that have and were yet still to come. So it was that deep feeling of anguish and abandonment that caused him to cry out. He was not literally abandoned from God because that would then imply that he was not triune and that is not what we are implying here but rather the feeling of abandonment so just to clarify now we can proceed with the episode and then he did that so that we can be together in community like we're called to be and hold each other accountable and be in these um you know like romantic relationships with godly people and yeah all of this stuff and like it does call like um it calls us to, like, you know, men and women are not supposed to be alone. Although, like, I'm in a season of singleness, so maybe that doesn't mean, like, yes, because I'm called to not be alone, that doesn't mean I can't find that accountability and that friendship in another godly woman. Right. And I feel like just, like, single people can sometimes, like, especially me, like, I'm coming at my own throat. I'm not coming at anything else's <laughs> throat but my own. Like, in the past when I'm single... Um, it's just more of like, okay, well, like, God, you didn't give me a boyfriend, so (laughs) I don't have anybody. And it's just not true at all. It's just because it says, like, men and women are not to be alone. That doesn't mean, like, okay, well, you need a man in order to not be alone and not to have Mm -hmm. someone to ground you into God's word. That can mean, like, you have your godly woman to back you up. And I think it's just so, it's so sweet that, like, it's hard and it, like, makes me want to cry that, like, you know, Jesus did die alone, but he loved us so much. Mm -hmm. And that just makes me want to cry right now because he just loves us so much. And that love can be spread any day. And it's like Mm -hmm. we can do that if we're in union far better than if we could do that apart. Right. Gosh, no, it's so good. Like his, you were talking about his love just being so great. And I feel like we take it for granted sometimes. Like I was standing in church on Sunday and we were just singing like it was what a beautiful name like we were singing that song it is years old but it the truth and the power in it like what a powerful name what a beautiful name like the name of Jesus yeah like there is so much power and we say it so flippantly and we like blaspheme his name so much in this culture and it's so heartbreaking because his he is so good and we don't recognize his goodness enough like we just go day to day just like being like autopilot yeah and it's so sad because we should live every single moment for us what's that saying it's like he died for us so that we could live each day for him exactly um and people just 
go about. Like I said, they do it flippantly. And it's so sad because of how much, like, he gave his only begotten son. His only son. Are you kidding me? Like, the only one ever. The only one ever. And... None before and none after. Like, no. that was the one. That was him. I don't know. It's wild. I know we got off, but... No, it's... And I, like, read a verse this morning that was, like, Jesus said, like, okay, like, please take this cup. Yes. Please take this cup from me. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's, like, please <laughs> take this cup from me. But then he also said, but, like, your will is your will. And how many times a day do we do that? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Never. For me, I very rarely think, like, okay, like... You know, yeah, I have to be content in what God has given me in my cup mm-hmm. right now and know that his will is his will. Yeah. And just like fully in Romans, it talks about like we are called to give our whole bodies in worship. Yeah. And that means daily. We are called every day. A living to, sacrifice. Literally. And we can't even, we can't, we can't do that. So that's why it's so important to have that person beside you to be like, okay, like you are called to be a living sacrifice yes. for Jesus and you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And in the not, most loving way the possible. Most, exactly. Which, not, <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, in like, in First Thessalonians, it says to build one another up in love. And like we just said, like, love sometimes is harsh. It is. It has, like, in, um, gosh, what's the one? The one in Proverbs 12, 1. Hold on, I want to pull it up because it makes me giggle. <laughs> Whenever I read it, I read it this morning, too, and it had me dying just because it's so blunt um so it's proverbs 12 1 it says whoever loves discipline loves knowledge mm-hmm. but who hate but the one who hates correction is stupid y'all that is in scripture that is the csb version not the message like straight up i said oh my lanta but it's so true like in order to love someone you have to discipline isn't the right word but correct them kindly so that they can grow because you see what's good for them Right. And that's how you're going to love them is by helping them grow. This is going to be totally off topic, but it's kind of like, you know, if you have a pet. And I'm not saying you're my pet. I'm not saying It's an analogy. It's an analogy here. (laughs) But, like, if you have a pet and you see your pet, like, wandering off of a ledge, you love them so much that you redirect them. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. And you're like, you don't want them to, like, okay, or you have them on a leash. And it's not like, sometimes you, like, let that leash go a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's what God does for him. He literally has his staff and he brings us back. That's Jesus. He Mm -hmm. is our shepherd. And we are called to be like Jesus. So we are called to, like... I'm not saying we're people's shepherds, but we are called to, like, redirect people into the glory and into the light of Jesus. And it's, that is a part of, like, our daily worship. That is a part. And I totally, like, I have felt more free having this than when I didn't have it. Because I didn't have anybody to be like, Mm -hmm. you know, remind me. The simple reminder, because we need to be reminded. We do. We forget every day. We have to. I was just telling you, I like forget <laughs> forgot about a whole lot of things until my therapist was like, "Right, come on." No, that's true. And like, like you said, it's your therapist, and like she was like, "Yo, you need to like make chart. You need to write down these things because you need to remind yourself of them." And if I didn't have anybody to tell me to do that, I would have just simmered in my own emotions, which sometimes emotions aren't from God, right? And that's why it's so important to just mm-hmm. have someone redirecting you, have someone as you're like. The, the other person on the leash, like, bringing you back in right. because you don't want to, you don't want them to go into the pond to get eaten by the alligator. And I know that sounds so dumb. No, but, like, but it's, but I mean, it's such a good analogy because I feel like as humans, we run off of analogies and we need them. And I think too, like you said, you're talking about emotions. And I think it's important to recognize that emotions themselves aren't sin. 
Jesus had emotions. He was angry. He was sad. He was scared. He was nervous. He was sweating blood. Like we were talking yes. about in the Garden of Gethsemane before, um, or at least I think that's what it's called. I'll stop my head. Um, right. Whenever he was praying. Thanks. Controlled <laughs> 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 me accountable. Um, and he was sweating blood. Like he was nervous. But it's if you sin in your emotion. In, um, gosh, what was it? Matthew 15, mm-hmm. 11. Um, it talks about, I want to read it just straight up because it talks about this so beautifully. So starting in um, Matthew 15, 10, it says, summoning the crowd, this is Jesus, he told them, listen and understand, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. And then it goes down in verse 16, it says, do you lack understanding? He's talking to a Pharisee. Um, he, he asked, don't you realize that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and this defiles a person. Mm-hmm. For, for This is such a tongue twister. For from the heart <laughs> comes evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimony, slander. These are not the things that defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile a person. So they were kind of talking about this Pharisee was like, yo, this dude's sinning. Like, he forgot to wash his hands. Doesn't that sound like COVID culture right now? I mean, I know that sounds awful, but that's what it sounds like. It's like... <laughs> yo, this person didn't wash their hands. They're a sinner. They're, they, they're terrible. But then Jesus was like, actually, um, what you're doing is a sin. What he's doing is not. It's you're allowing your emotion and the way that you're responding to your emotion to become sinful. But this person did not sin in their actions. Sure, they didn't wash their hands. That's gross, but that's not a sin. And we live in a culture like that. We live in an mm-hmm. emotional-based culture. We and do. Here I am. I literally am not going to, I'm just going to say, because I don't like being a hypocrite. I'm Italian. I literally like, (laughs) I'll be raging. (laughs) I do. But I have to check myself and like reflect on myself because like it's something where you could easily be like screaming at someone for the symbol of like not washing their hands or not wearing their mask. It's a thing nowadays. It is. It is. And even COVID aside, like anything else, like not doing the dishes or not doing whatever. Like it's like you could be so up in arms about this thing that won't matter tomorrow. Or like a thought that I like to have too is this isn't going to matter in 10 years. That's Mm -hmm. what my counselor told me the other day. She's like, McKenna, these things aren't going to matter in 10 years. And I'm like, they're not. You were so right. And it was kind of like a light bulb moment. It's like, why are we getting so frustrated about these things? Like, it doesn't matter. Like we get so wrapped up in our pride and really like half these things aren't even about us. It's about Jesus first. And then it's about others. And then we're way at the bottom because it does not even matter. Like we should be so servant hearted Mm -hmm. in our thoughts. It's all vapor. It's literally all vapor. And you need someone there. Again, I'm just hyping on that need for someone there to be like, you do though. This is vapor Mm -hmm. and it's not needed. This is a verse that I just thought of while we were reading that, but it's um, Galatians 5, 16. And it says, I say then walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. The desires of Mm -hmm. the flesh um, for the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed by each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're under the law. You're not under the law. Um, and it's just one of those things that it's so important to have Christian community, because mm-hmm. I'm not saying to not be friends with non-Christians, but if you are not walking with someone that's also of the spirit, you're going to be tempted by the flesh. Mm-hmm. And same for, that's why we do need to be friends with people that right. aren't Christians. Because if we're walking of the Spirit, they're going to see the Spirit and want that. Right. Um, so that kind of goes hand in hand of like what accountability looks like versus what dis- 
discipleship looks like. Right, there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a big difference in that, kind of like what we were saying earlier. Um, there's another part, too, that I wanted to bring up, and it's in Revelation 3.19, and it just goes back to that same thought of, like, love isn't always mushy-gushy, like how this culture, like we're talking about how this culture views all of these things on the day-to-day. And it's, like I said, Revelation 3.19. Um, it says, as many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. And that's in a letter to, um, I can't even say it, Laodicea. Um, And I just think this is crazy because this is in the New Testament. Whenever Mm -hmm. so many people claim that like this harsh God that, you know, is is vengeful and full of wrath, like is only in the Old Testament. And this new covenant is a completely different, only mushy gushy kind of, (laughs) it's only grace kind of love. But that's not true because our God is a jealous God. He comes with a sword and to fight like death and sin and hell in the grave like that's why he came like he came with a vengeance and it says right here like as many as I love I rebuke and discipline like that's us like he's gonna rebuke and discipline us because he loves us exactly and like you said it's the perfect analogy I know you said it was silly but it's like you love your dog you're gonna stop your dog from doing what they think is good for them and running off that cliff because you know it ain't right so you're gonna turn them right back around and like save them <laughs> exactly because Jesus God does not want us to like does not want us to have a spiritual death and that's why all of these things are in there like they you know it seems like all this discipline is just unfair but it's truly that god does not want us Mm -hmm. to live a life of spiritual death and i like i raised my hand because i've been there i've been spiritually dead i've been emotionally dead so many times and it was because of a lack of discipline it was because of a lack mm. of god's love mm-hmm. and it's because i wanted the love of this world which was like oh you get to do whatever you want where there's no accountability love. exactly yeah. and so that's the and i mean just if we're called to be like christ like here he says we've said multiple times like he holds us accountable and his love is harsh but it's true because it comes from the word like he is the word himself and here it is so it's needed it's necessary and we are definitely called to have accountability exactly especially in him and it says in this verse the end of it it says so be zealous and repent and you cannot repent enough and as many times as we sit there and we're like god oh my gosh this happened this happened Mm -hmm. i'm so upset please help me please help me but then we're not willing to be like i repent because i did this yeah we sin every single day but how many times do you repent a day Mm -hmm. versus how many times do you ask god for help a day yeah you have to acknowledge what you've done in order to turn away from it. Isn't that, like, that's what people say, like, even in counseling, like, it's scientifically proven, like, the first step to healing, like, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, you have to recognize the issue. Right. If you don't recognize the issue, then how are you supposed to solve the issue right. and, like, grow from it? And so that's why I feel like, not I feel like, I know, the Holy Spirit's in us, and that's, he convicts us of those things and bring them to brings them to light in us, or speaks through someone else, like you and I, like, where it's like, yo, Jordan, like, I see this in you, and I just want to call you out in love, in love, um, because I am recognizing my own. It's not like the whole log and spec thing where I have this log in my eye, and I am sitting here, and you're telling me, like, McKenna, you really need to straighten up because the way you handled this or whatever. No, like, I am sitting here also saying, like, I suck, I'm terrible, I am a sinner, Going back to the log and spec, it's the whole thought of if I had a log in my eye and you had a speck in yours and you're sitting here telling me like, 
yo, McKenna, you have a log in your eye. And I'm like, no, I don't, but you have a speck in yours. Let me get it out. Like, I am so, and this is in Matthew 7, by the way, this thought. I'll read it in a second. But it's the thought of, like, if I don't recognize that I have a log, that I'm going to be blind trying to help you get this speck out, and that could lead both of us to harm. (laughs) Because, like, I'm trying to get this tiny little thing out of your eye while I have this huge thing that I can't even see because I'm blinded. And it says, um, the whole thought's like, don't judge one another. And again, it goes back to the point, too, that we were talking about where it's so important to be equally yoked in your accountability, which almost sounds silly because I don't feel like you hear that often. Um, So yeah, Matthew 7, starting in verse 1. Do not judge so that you won't be judged, for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others, and you will be measured by the same measure you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye, and look, there's a beam of wood in your eye, hypocrite. First take the beam of wood out of your eye and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs or to toss your pearls before pigs or they will trample them under their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. So it's that same thought of like, no, you need to see clearly first before Mm -hmm. you start calling somebody out because there is like, like we've read and we've talked and we've prefaced, like there's a need for accountability, but there's also like a point where it goes too far, right. where you're not holding each other accountable, you're judging. And we need exactly. to make sure we don't get to that point. <laughs> Truly, I tell you that it was such something that I struggled with so much when I was like in a relationship is like, you know, you get so frustrated at that person. Mm-hmm. So you're just wanting to like take that speck out and be like, okay, well, they're telling me about something that I did. Well, and right. that is such a a culture thing. It is. It is such a, this cancel culture, this calling out culture, um, which is like, I understand where as humans, we wrong in this position. Mm -hmm. And I heard this sermon from, um, Timothy Keller, my favorite guy. I'm going to hype him up. Um, (laughs) And he was talking about this and it changed my whole perspective on relationships of being like, stop, wait, and listen, let that person tell you what they see. Mm-hmm. and then take it and reflect on it. And I hate this word because it's used in modern-day culture um, a lot and mindfulness and, like, being mindful. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between, like, mindfulness and being mindful, mindful. yeah, and filled with Christ and allowing Christ to discern in your heart what you have done wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's a good word, discernment. Yes. Like, being able to discern. Yeah, Discern, yes. And, like, praying for that discernment and it, um, so that you could be, like, all right, like, I can listen. Mm. I can stop and listen. And I want to change what this person sees. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't want to change, it's you're never going to change. And, like, as much as, like, you can be, like, okay, Jesus is going to transform me. Yeah. If you do not want to take that step, if you don't want to pull up that cross, if you don't want to, like, yeah, as much as, like, you know that song, he picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on the ground, I think the master. <laughs> that song is, yes. as much as God wants to turn you around, if you're just like putting your feet yes. in cement and saying, no, I'm not turning around. You're putting your like, feet literally in solid ground. Right? Not, not in Jesus, but no, like in the in cement. Sol- <laughs> in the cement. <laughs> and like, that goes with like any type of addiction. Like if I've battled with addiction before and you can be like, oh yeah, I don't want to like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. But if you don't pick it up and change, yeah. like... He literally calls, like, whenever he was, you know, talking to the disciples before they were, like, labeled as the disciples, like, hey, pick up your cross Mm -hmm. and follow me. Like, leave everything behind. Pick up your wrongdoings. Pick up your whole self 
and turn yourself around and come follow me. Yeah. It's that thought of complete surrender. And you have to have that. You have to have complete surrender, complete vulnerability um, with the Lord first and foremost, but then especially like in accountability mm-hmm. as we're talking about today, because if you don't have it, then that's not true accountability. No. I don't believe at least like from what scripture said, from what we've discussed and like from just praying to the Lord. Like, I don't believe that's true. Kind of really. no. I know it's a bold statement, but I yeah. agree with you completely. And it's just like, you want, we want so much to not be binded by evil and you being mm-hmm. someone to be able to be there and pray for you fervently. Like, and that's another thing is like, we pray for each other a lot all the time. Yeah. And we send voice memos and maybe like, yes, we're called to pray in our rooms alone and not like, and be humbled by the prayer. But it's also something to just get a voice memo for someone knowing that they're praying for you and feeling them there. Absolutely. Even if we're like, you know, you're in Somerville, I'm in downtown Charleston, feeling that they're there and praying for you and praying Mm -hmm. over you. And prayer and accountability is something that's like, as the other side of it is if I'm her accountability partner and she's telling me what she's going through, but if I don't pray for her, Mm -hmm. then nothing's going to like, how, if I'm not praying for her, no one's going to be praying for her. Yes. And then also the thought of too, like, if you aren't praying, if, if like you and I aren't praying for one another and like gaining wisdom from the Lord, then it's our own opinions. And that junk can be just thrown in the trash because our own opinions on our own without scripture and the word of the Lord is trash. It is not the truth because the one truth is the word, which is like sitting both right in front of us. We both have our Bible sitting in front of us right now, but like, and we also have the Holy spirit, like the Lord literally living inside of us. So if we aren't using those tools that he has so graciously gifted us, it ain't true. Mm-mm. If it's coming from our flesh, like again, bringing up what Paul was saying in Romans, like I do what I don't want to do. Like, clearly our human nature is to sin, and so therefore our human nature and our flesh is to sin. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that point makes itself, I feel like. Right, it does. So you have to have someone there to pray for you and be around Mm -hmm. you, and through prayer, there's supplication. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, like we said, if you were, you mentioned it, I think at the very beginning, but like, it's so special because when you're in an accountability relationship with the Lord at the center, he will use each other to speak through. Like we are his vessels to speak to one another, to say it more clearly. But yeah, and I also, so I had one more thought that I kind of wanted to talk through. Um, And I wanted to pose a question to you first, um, and then we can kind of talk through it because, yeah. Um, So what advice or thoughts do you have for those that are currently seeking accountability or don't feel like they have accountability, but they're listening to this and they're like, man, I probably should get that, um, as to where to start. What are your thoughts? Obviously, there's not like a plan, but what are your advice, thoughts based on the word and what uh, we discussed? So, do not force anything. I feel like we as humans try to force so much and that means that there's going to you know, Ecclesiastes, there's a seasons for everything. Mm -hmm. And this may be your season of patience on waiting for that person, the perfect person, Mm -hmm. because I tried to force so many accountable relationships and it just led to heartbreak. We weren't seeing eye to eye, like with our faith, we weren't in the same, being in the same walk and being in the same season are two different things. Ah, yeah. Um, and although I'm in a season of singleness and you're in a season of engagement, I literally get so giddy. Whatever I think about it. <laughs> it's just, um, 
it's still so important. You you want to be in the right. same walk, and the same walk would be like, okay, are you both so yoked into the word? So look at these things. Like, you know, you can find a safe person, and the qualities of a safe person are: are they vulnerable? Are they in the word? Mm-hmm. Are they seeking what's best for you, or are they seeking what's best for themselves? Uh, yeah. Are they willing to lay down their life mm-hmm. in order to be like this? Is like I want to give you my life so that you can give me, and like you know. Yeah. Because relationships, either way, you're both having to lay down something, having to get, mm-hmm. give something up. It's a picture of the gospel. Like, we were kind of talking about this earlier, and we were kind of referencing it in a sense of romantic relationships, because, like, that is so evidently a right. picture of the gospel. Like, that's obviously not what we're talking about today, but that is so evident. I'll leave that for another episode. But this even still, like you said, you have to be honest and vulnerable and lay down your life and, like, be willing to call someone out and, like, ho- like you have to. And you have to not, obviously there's not like a per se leader in someone that's submitting, like that's not what it looks like, but you have to be so open with one another like you are with the Lord in order for it to work. And it's so important for that person to be a Christian and if you're a Christian as well. And it's hard because, you know, sometimes you have to give up some of your best friendships in order to seek godly friendships Mm -hmm. and it's hard and it hurts and it's not fun. But also be weary, be careful, because everybody is a sinner, and it's, um, you brought this up the other day, gossip. Oh, and yeah. you can find girls that don't want the, what's best for you, and don't necessarily, aren't necessarily safe people, and it's not their fault, we all have sins, mm-hmm. and they may be having, they may be struggling with self-control of their mouth. So you want to have someone that's very secure, and like, is willing to also not open up your whole life to someone else because sometimes like for me I am so quick to just be like this is my whole life story right open book yeah and you can't do that with everybody you have to find that person Mm -hmm. that's willing to be like and it's so cool because like we both battle with the same things Mm -hmm. and I feel like God has that person for you so it may just be like being patient like I said the season is being patient and waiting for that person that's going through the same walk as you and I feel like having someone else that's in the same position as I am has right. helped me heal. And also seeing it from a sense of two different, like we've mentioned several times, like you're in a season of singleness and I'm engaged. And like his timing is really, I feel like what brought our accountability to be. Because there's something too, like I had this thought, like we can pray for accountability all we want. And we will because the Lord, like we said, he fulfills the desires of our hearts if it's his will. Um but there's also the thought that we can't just sit comfortable and act like what we're doing is okay because we don't have accountability. Like, we also need to take action in that. Like, once we were friends, like, we didn't, like, just randomly, like, stop. No. Like, the Lord didn't just put it in our laps. Like, we had to work at our friendship. Um, and there's this quote by, I think it's Dave Guzik, I think is how you say mm-hmm. the last name, David Guzik. He wrote the Enduring Word commentary, if y'all don't have it. It is so good. I really encourage you to download it. One of my good friends told me about it a couple months ago, and like 10 out of 10. Like, anytime anybody asks me what commentary I use, that's, that's it. Enduring word. It's so good. Anyway, I literally downloaded it after last it week, and I was so like, wow, life changing. It's so good. Um, and from what I've looked up, he's a great guy, loves the Lord, awesome. So, anyway, he said this um, Our prayers do not replace our actions, they make our actions effective for God's work, which kind of blew me away because he was like, you can't just pray and then be content in your prayer. 
Yeah. Like you also, are, you have a responsibility on your end as well. Even if you don't have an accountability partner, if you're searching for one, like they're not just going to fall on your lap. No. Like we, I was praying to the Lord. I was like, Lord, bring me someone, bring me friends to like right. it, be in my life that are close to you. And like here you came along, but then we couldn't just like sit idle in that. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. It took a while. It took like getting to know each other mm-hmm. and you have to like, we are so in a busy culture that you don't want to take the time to get to know someone. Yeah. But we have technology. We have voice memo, which I never knew how to work. Until we started becoming friends. And it's like, it's so funny. It's a funny journey. Like, you'll be eating your oatmeal in the mornings. That is so true. And I'll be on my bed eating my oatmeal listening to it. <laughs> but it's just like, you have to get to know. I don't think it was one night that I think we both had, like, on our hearts to start confessing. And you said one sin, and then I said another. And then we started unpacking things. Yeah. And it was just like, at that point, I realized that, like, I do not have to, one, Jesus bears these sins. Yeah. But also I can tell them to someone and I don't have to carry this weight alone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what this is, is like, you know, even in the Old Testament, like people carried each other. They carried Mm -hmm. the weight of so many things for each other. And like, you don't ever know like what God's plan is going to lead to next. Maybe me and McKenna will never see what this relationship brings in our lifetime. I mean, I hope we have kids that grow up together. I would love that. (laughs) I really I don't know if we'll ever see exactly, like, the fruit of what God has planned for our relationship. Right. But I know that, like, it's going to be far greater than we could have ever imagined. And, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, gosh, why am I in these circumstances? Lord, please help me Mm -hmm. understand. And it wasn't until McKenna that I realized why I was in a relationship that I was. Even if I never understand, like, why that relationship ended, I know that I have one of the most incredible friends that I've ever met in my entire life <laughs> because of it. And that's enough for me to be content. Yeah. No, that's so good. Well, shoot. That was really fun. Like, that was awesome. And I think it's really cool that we got to have this conversation, like, not only just sharing thoughts and opinions based on the word, but, like, because we live it out, too. Like, I feel like that adds another element to yeah. this whole conversation. So and it can happen. Like, just yes. be patient. It will happen. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you're struggling with sin, and if you don't, there's this um, Psalms 51 I wanted to read. Because, oh, yes, yes, yes. It's so good. Um, I feel like it's a good way to end this, yeah. end this out. No, and it's if you're good. someone that's listening to this podcast and you don't have anyone that's there to be accountable for you, seek the word, seek the word, seek the word. Yeah. Um, because the Lord is near you and he always has an answer. And so this is, um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. You can... Go ahead and read Psalms 51 if you want to, but Psalms 51, 10 through 13, it says, God create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. We are called to teach people the ways of Jesus and we can do that through accountability, and through community. Well, thank you so much, friend, for being willing and open and honest and just being vulnerable to so many people (laughs) on the internet and with me. Um, And so, yeah, thank you for being on today. Um, Do you want to share with us where somebody can find you, keep up with your life? 
Oh, yeah. I'm on Instagram, Jordan Maria underscore art, and I will be starting a YouTube channel soon called Bibles and Book Bags. So, and you'll hear about that soon, too. I'm sure I'll have you on again, and then we'll chat about that, because that'll be super fun. Yes, I'm super excited. Thank yes. you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, I love you so much, girl. Oh, I love you, too. <laughs> that was so fun. Thank yes. you so much again. Well, everybody, have a great rest of your day. I hope that you took something from this, um, and don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, whatever platform that you are on. Rate, leave a review, whatever that looks like, and go have a great rest of your day, and go change your world.